Welcome to Fearless University, the podcast where we discuss, dissect, and examine some of life's greatest fears. My name is Coach Lane Lee, performance coach and fear psychology enthusiast, here to help you understand your greatest fear. Fear is my passion, curiosity is my nature, and understanding is the gift that I seek to share with all who will listen. Because if we seek to understand more, we can learn to fear less. Welcome to another episode of Fearless University. Each week, I feature a new guest who lends their special brand of wisdom and expertise to help me unlock the mysteries of fear. We laugh, we may cry, but above all else, we seek understanding. Because it's not about being void of fear, but understanding more to fear fear itself less. You guys, I hope you're ready because today we get into it. My brother from another mother, Blaze Davis, is on the show. And oh, is it a good one? We talk about where Blaze gets his cool and unusual name from and how his grandmother's foresight into the man he was meant to become encouraged him to embrace his destiny. We discuss how faith and fear are similar and how you can use your fear to strengthen your faith. And later, Blaze shares with us his amazing story of being on YouTube campus when tragedy struck that fateful day, and how faith and fear of missing out on what he'd leave behind moved him to action. You guys, get ready to be educated by insight, inspired by experience, and moved by emotion as Blaze shares his testimonies with us today. So without further ado, this is episode four with my man, Blaze Davis. Have you ever had a person you always knew about because you rolled in similar circles, but you never really met until years later? Then, once you did meet, you found that you were kindred spirits? Well, that's pretty much the backstory to how I met today's guest, my friend and brother from another mother, Blaze Davis. Blaze and I have known of each other for about five years through mutual connections and friends. Apparently, we're a part of an elite group of mixed dudes who all at some point have had bald heads and beards. <laughs> but we never met in person until about a month ago when we had lunch at YouTube headquarters here in San Bruno, California. When we did finally meet in person, I got to know the real Blaze and was instantly intrigued by his demeanor, his insight, his convictions, and his talent. And I think that after today's interview, you will be equally intrigued. Blaze, what's going on, man? How you doing, bro? How you doing? Man, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate this. Yeah, man, I'm you know honored to uh, to be a part of this, and uh, you know, thank you for you know wanting me to be on this. Man, I'm really honored to to be a part of this today. You know, I think for me, the main thing is to seek out people, whether I know them or not, but seek out folks who I feel have a compelling story to tell. And I try to cater the topics, you know, directly to those stories. And I think that today's topic 
was was kind of custom crafted for Blaze Davis. <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, so I wanted to save the bio stats for you to share yourself, uh, since I basically gave Eric's entire life story on episode one before he even got a chance to speak. So uh so take a moment, enlighten the people. Who is Blaze Davis? Uh, yeah, man. So uh, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, I'm a, a husband and a father of four. Uh, growing boys, you know, I mean, they keep me uh, going 24 um, seven. And, you know, I'm also a creator, man. I love, uh, you know, creating and, and helping out other creatives uh, to kind of reach their, um, reach, you know, reach the sky, you know, with their imagination and, um, you know, what, what they love doing. Um, you know, I, I love telling stories. Uh, I do a lot of video work. Um, you know, I'm a photographer, um, and, you know, in full-time work, uh, you know, I'm over at YouTube, um, as a, as a live stream specialist, um, you know, and kind of doing that whole, the whole tech thing. Um, but yeah, man, I, I love pizza, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I just love meeting new people, man. I love, you know, getting to know people's stories and their backgrounds and, and, uh, you know, just being inspired by people, man. So, you know, years ago when I was told that I look like somebody named Lane Lee, you know, <laughs> like, um, you know, I was like, hey, man, why, why are light-skinned guys always got to look the same? You That's know? for real, man. And everybody's like, man, you guys look the same. You got a beard, you're bald, you know, and you guys are both creative. And I was like, yo, man, I got to meet this guy. Right. You know? And uh, linked up on Facebook, you know, and then, uh, you know, all in God's plan, man. Uh, it all came through this year. And, um I'm excited to see where, you know, where everything leads to and where, you know, this, even this podcast goes and where this takes you, man. And so I'm really honored. Again, I'm honored to uh, be a part of this, man, and uh, say that you're my brother. And man. Uh, stop looking like me, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm growing the hair out now, you know, so I'm trying to do, trying to do something different. <laughs> <laughs> but while I, while I still can, you know. Hey man, you know I was gonna say that too, man. I'm I'm proud of you to go get the hair back, man. Because I wish that's what I, I wish I had. You know, what I mean, you'll see me in like a baseball hat, you know, or a beanie, you know, thinking, oh, man, I wish I could just go get a fade one time. You know? Right. Uh, so yeah, as long as you can, man, rock the hair. Man. That's that's what I am trying to do, man. Because I know uh, genetics wise, they are not in my favor, you know, <laughs> for for much longer. And uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock that hair as long as I can. But uh, but man, I, I appreciate the compliments on, on the podcast. And I think that that is definitely something that I picked up on uh, when we did meet the first time right away is that we both thoroughly enjoy learning other people's stories and and conveying that, you know, through different uh, media uh, okay. with you, with the visuals and, you know, with this podcast and everything that I'm trying to put together on YouTube. Um, that is my main motivation, you know, uh, that I want to travel the world and learn people's stories and and share that because i think that at the end of the day you know legacy is all you will have left when you leave this earth and i think that you know he or she who hoards that legacy and tries to keep it to themselves is not doing anything for the betterment of mankind so um i think that it's it's tantamount you know important for oh, yeah. us to be able to share our stories with one another and and 
listen to one another as well. So that, I'm going to try to do more of that today. I'm going to try to do more of the listening <laughs> and let you do more of the telling, man. But um, I think that first thing we need to address for those that are listening, for, for those that don't know you, and if you don't mind sharing, you've got an interesting name. Yeah. Where where does Blaze come from? Uh, so it actually came from my grandmother. Um, you know, my real name is Brandon. Um, mm-hmm. When I was a, a kid, uh, you know, being mixed, uh, I spent a lot of time on my Italian side. And um, and so I would get mad, you know, a kid, I was always a hothead, you know, and uh, my skin would turn red and my grandmother would say, oh, watch out, here comes Blaze. <laughs> you know, and everybody would, you know, kind of laugh at me. Um, years later, you know, getting involved into church, going to like Sunday schools and stuff like that. I started to have like these dreams um, and uh, I would go and tell my grandmother, like, man, I had this dream of this person. And then, uh, you know, whatever that dream was ended up coming true, you know? And, uh, and so my grandmother would take me to around her friends or like, you know, church groups. And they would ask me like, you know, I would have a dream about somebody and I'll kind of share it. And uh, when I would do that, my skin again would turn red and uh, my grandmother, wow. she would see like a blue flame around me. Or um, her friends would say, like, you know, when I was praying or going into, um, you know, talking, you know, about my dreams or just talking about God in general, um, you know, that I would, my, my skin would turn red and they would see a blue flame. And so Blaze uh, became a nickname that my grandmother called me, um, you know, as a, as a, like who I was going to be, you know, a trailblazer, you know, on fire for God, on fire for people um, and on fire to make change, you know, and uh Wow. So that's how Blaze came about, you know, and uh, going into high school, you know, I asked, <laughs> asked my grandmother not to uh, call me that no more because I was, you know, getting in trouble and right. get on the football team. And, you know, I didn't want just moving back to California. I didn't want people to think that I was a pothead or just smoking. Right. You know, <laughs> to get right. So I told her, don't call me that no more. And I think it kind of hurt her feelings. Yeah. And one thing that she would always tell me was, don't forget who you are, you know, and your name has power and your words have power. Mm. So, um, you know, I was like, no, no, don't call me Blaze. You know, just call me something else. You yeah. can call me Ben, call me Bud, call me whatever. Just don't call me Blaze, you know. And um, and so couple, she died three years ago, you know. Oh, uh, sorry to hear and, that, man. Yeah, thank you. Um, when she was passing, she, um, it was on her birthdays when uh, her lungs one of her lungs collapsed and she was immediately put into the hospital and then she was released and on hospice. And um, we were having a big old surprise party for um, family and friends were over there. And, um, and we were all, you know, kind of laughing and talking. She was laying down in the living room on her, on her bed in the living room. And uh, she was like, blaze, blaze. And everybody like kind of stopped beating was like, Whoa, mm. you know? And um, so I went over there and, uh, and to see what she was talking about, you know, because she hasn't called me that since high school. And uh, she's like, you know, I want to know Jesus how you know Jesus. And I was like, you know, what are you talking about? You're the one that kind of taught me about it. You know, she's like, right. I want you to pray for me. And um, so I did that. And, uh, you know, as I was doing that, she pulled me to her and said, don't ever forget who you are. Don't ever let that fire in you, you know, die. And just know that you'll always be the rock of the family. And she looked at me, she smiled, and a tear rolled down her eyes. And right right, right when that happened, and she laid her head back down, she went into a coma and passed away a couple of days later. Wow. Uh, and so from that, you know, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to take ownership of this name. I think I'm going to actually have pride in it and, and be proud of 
what this nickname means to me um, and the power in it, you know, the power in the names. And so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, uh, ever since then, everything on social media has changed. Um, you know, people at work are now catching on, you know, to the blaze. Um, you know, uh, literally, and- they're catching fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, man, and you know, I introduced myself as Blaze Davis, man. Um, and you know, I'm really happy that that was a nickname given to me. And you know, I'm sad to say, you know, I'm sad that my grandmother had to pass away for me to right. get that, you know. Um, but you know, God uses certain those things to bring light to certain things so you can move forward in life. And uh, I know that she's in a better place, you know. Um, and the fact that she taught me who Jesus was, right. and then I got to pray for her, the last one to pray for her. You know, I, I was really honored to do that and wow. um, glad that she trusted me enough to do that. You know, that was really big for me. And uh, again, God used that situation, a sad situation, to bring me to the forefront of where I'm at now. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. You know, that's amazing like as i'm listening to you tell the story and and of course i've heard this before but you know i thought it was important for everybody else to hear it but it it had me thinking about other people who are afraid to embrace who they were born to be yeah you know and it almost it, it makes me feel like that's exactly uh where you were at and i think that we all go through that we all rebel against what we can feel deep down inside uh is calling or screaming sometimes to come out of us, you know, mm. and um, maybe you could speak on that for a second. Like uh, there was clearly, you know, some, some sort of resentment that was there that probably had a much deeper meaning. Um, but did you ever feel that, did you ever feel afraid to embrace uh, that, you know, not just embarrassment? Did it go to the point where you were like, did you know deep down that you were meant to be Blaze Davis? I um, mean, you know, to be honest, um, you know, those when I would have dreams, it actually scared me. Um, you know, it. I mean, the dreams were spot on. Um, wow. You know, and it, there's another story too of my son Adrian, uh, my my third son. Um, he has mosaic Down syndrome, and as a kid, I would have dreams about having a kid with special needs. Because, you know, wow. being a military family, you're traveling around different states and countries all the time. And, and for some reason, every time I went to a different state, I was always the new kid in school. Yeah. You know, and every time I got comfortable somewhere, they moved me to a different spot. So being comfortable and having trust in things were always an issue for me. Man. And, uh, so I would go to a new school and then I would be friends with somebody with special needs or like I would see somebody bullying a, a kid with special needs. And then I ended up getting in fights. Wow. Know, those kids yeah and, so, and i would have these dreams and at the time i would call them nightmares like you know i would pray like oh, i don't you know i don't want you know god i don't want to have kids or you know i just didn't want i thought for sure i knew that i was going to have a kid with special needs and i tried to run from that and i didn't want any part of that so i would have these dreams and my grandmother would say you know baby those are not those are not bad dreams mm. you know god, god's telling you what's ahead of you he's preparing you before that even comes years from now, you know, wow. with that. And, you know, she's like, you know why you're having these dreams? You know why you're, you're having these, you know, these visions of these people, why all these people are always in your heart? Why you always want to be, um, uh, you know, my grandma said I was a carrier, you know, I would carry people's issues or their problems, or I would be the one people can talk to and I can help them 
you know, get over certain things. Right. She's like, you know why you, you have a strong back? She's like, because you can handle that. Mm. And there's times where I didn't know if I wanted that responsibility, right. you know, that pressure. Right. So, you know, growing up, that's just who I was, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, coming back to California and telling her, you know, I don't want that name or just trying to not be that certain person because I was trying to fit in because, again, being traveling everywhere. And this is the last my mom was like, this is the last place we're living. You know, you're going to live in California until you move out yourself. And, right. Uh, so I'm like, man, this is my opportunity to actually have some real friends to to finally have a foundation somewhere. And, right. Reinvent yourself so, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I didn't want people to get that first impression wrong of me. You know, uh, yeah. Growing up in the city that I grew up in, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, minorities in our school. You know, and um, especially on the football team. You right. know, and, uh, so. That was one of my things. I was like, man, I, I want to. I need to fit in. Not that I want to fit in. I need to fit in, mm. um, just so I can make sure that I can take care of myself, or that things will, you know, work in my favor. And um, I think doing that, I lost a part of who I was mm. because I was afraid of people knowing what I, you know, what kind of music I listen to, or you know, that I go to church, or uh, you know why I can't go hang out with people, you know, at the bowling alley or the movie super late, you know, and uh, yeah. I was trying to be something that I wasn't and right. doing, I kept running into a lot of issues, getting into trouble, getting into fights, um, you know, things not happening for me the way that I thought they were going to pan out, you know, and uh, so once I, you know, over the years, once I understood of who I was and what I was supposed to be, things started falling in line for me a lot easier because now, um, things, it's not hard to do. It's not hard to be nice. It's not hard to be, uh, you know, put people first, right. You know, um, you know, is it, is it hard sometimes to, uh, to always want to do that? You know, yes. Right. But I I know that me doing that, me helping somebody else out uh, in return is helping me out, you know, and it's kind of fulfilling, uh, you know, what I love doing. Um, and so, you know, to answer the question, um, did I run from it? Was it easy to run from it? It wasn't because it was always there, you know, mm. and I've always had my grandmother always, you know, people have, you know, family members or friends that kind of hold them accountable, right? Or Very give them true. that certain look. Like my grandmother would always give me this certain look and I knew that I did something wrong or like she was disappointed in me. Right, you know? right. Uh, so I would get that look, you know, and even to this day, like when I go to make a decision or do something that I know may be risky or whatever, I have that the image of my grandmother looking at me like, you know, boy, what are you doing? You wow. know, and it's it's funny, too, because my wife sometimes does that to me as well. Wow. You know? I'm like, bro, it's, it's, it's a trip that it's the same type of look. Yeah. You know? uh, so that can kind of keep me in line and keep me um, on the path of, you know, remembering who I am and why I'm doing it. Um, my wife's always, you know, preaching to that to me, like, don't forget who you are. Or she always says, don't be left with a feather, you know? And, uh, wow. and so for me, not, not being left with a feather means to be true to who I am and not and to embrace it and not run from it. That's deep, man. Um, so what was the question I was going to ask? It was, what was the paradigm shift do you feel then for you that took you from trying to disown right the mm -hmm. blaze mm -hmm. and then saying you know what enough running enough trying to avoid who i am because it's always in my face what was that shift or what caused that shift 
to say, you know what, I'm just going to embrace this and stop running? Uh, when I realized that it was okay to be me, um, you know, playing sports, you know, being a student athlete in general is really, to me, one of the hardest things to do. And for me, being a student athlete and then not being as big as the rest of the guys on the football team, right. or basketball team or whatever, that was like, uh, I had to work twice as hard for everything. And, you know, not being the smartest in the classroom, being a C, C average student, you know, mm-hmm. I always had to work twice as hard as everybody else. And like when somebody would call me stupid or say that I couldn't do something, that was like fuel to my fire, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so once I stopped saying like, you know what, I am Blaze, and like when somebody said that I couldn't do something, I worked twice as hard to prove that person wrong, and that's what started igniting like this, uh, um, just being encouraged to keep going, you know, and to embrace who I was, you know, yeah. and uh, and so it was, it was, you know, I would say, uh, you know, the name that I really started to really take hold of it was probably my senior year in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a kid, it was easy, you know, and then everybody thought it was cool to have the name Blaze, you know, oh man, that's my, that's my cousin Blaze. Right, right. That's my boy, you know, so it was always cool as a kid. High school is a little different, you know, right. and people, it's funny because people still say like, oh, what's your real name? <laughs> right. Like, well, can't that just be my real name? Right. Like, you know, and they were like, oh, well, it, well, that's pretty cool if it's your real name. I was like, what if it's not? You right. Know? Like, it's a name, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so, but you know, go, going to that senior year in high school, you know, I was like, you know, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. And this, it's okay. Right. You know, uh, it's okay to, um, to be afraid sometimes, you know, it's, it's okay to, uh, to kind of look at things twice, you know, right. and, and when people would say I could do something or call me stupid, or if I wanted something, I knew that I got to work hard towards it. It wasn't going to be given to me. And so I know with the name Blaze, um, you know, just growing up as a kid, when I was going and talking about, you know, my dreams or, uh, you know, whatever it is that I did under that, it wasn't the name that gave me power. It was being in line with who I was that right. would give me that power. Um, it sounds and- like a, a lot of, of your understanding came through experience and then that the sum of those experiences are what in turn helped you to better define who you were and understand who you were. And, uh, and that's what gave you that courage to step into yeah, actually man. saying, you know, hey, yeah, this is who I am. And I, it, it just got me thinking about, you know, kids that might be listening uh, that, are, that are getting bullied, you know, or that are afraid to step out and say, yes, this is who I am. And, um, you know, it, I think it really is a great testimony for them to hear because the first thing that I, I think of when you think of a, a kid that's getting bullied or you speak with a kid that's getting bullied, they think they're the only ones, like they think that there's something wrong with them yeah. you know, because that's how other people are making them feel. And I think that it is super encouraging for them to know that we're all afraid. We're all scared. We all have things that we would like to change about ourselves or our insecurities, but it's the the sum of those insecurities and self-doubt moments that make us who we are and i think that the the pivotal turning point is when you understand that those things aren't making you worse or any less of a person they're actually making you a better person because 
you understand yourself more thoroughly. Yeah, you know, and, and unique, you know. Yeah, uh, right. You know, I believe that, you know, once you try to fit into a mold, you know, or, right. or, or a stereotype or trying to fit into a certain group, you know, social media, you know, you, you see kids and, and adults, you know, every day going through this, you know, they're scrolling, they're looking on social media, they're, right. uh, you know, they're kind of obsessed with it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I was actually talking to a, a, a kid the other day about this, man. And he was like, man, I got to get this many followers, man. Would you, you know, share my video or share my stuff? And I was like, man, I'm going to share because I, I want to support you, not right. to help you get followers. Right. And uh, he was like, well, he's like, bro, man, this is how you got to do it, man. Like, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how you do it. Right. You stay true to who you are. You do what you love doing. And the people that are interested in what you're interested in will find you mm-hmm. and they will share your content. They will like your pictures, your, your page. They will become your friends. They'll meet you in public. You know, it, you don't have to go and searching for validation or searching for people to like your stuff. Right. You create what you want to create or be who you want to be. And the people that are interested in that same thing will, will come and find it. You know, there's billions and billions of people out here. Right. You know, when somebody says, yo, yo, Blaze, why do you want to make videos? Why do you want to do documentaries? Why do you want to take pictures, man? There's so many different people doing that already. It's already saturated. And I say, you're you're right. There is a lot of people that have a camera, Mm -hmm. that have cell phones, that do video and do pictures. But there's billions and billions of people in this world. Right. Not all these billions of people are going to follow me. Right. And not everybody has the same perspective. Exactly. I was like, I'm going to create how I create. Right. What I love doing. And the people that love and enjoy this type of work will follow me. They will like my stuff. They will reach out to me. They will, you know, they will support me on my journey throughout the way. You know, I don't have to try to conform or be somebody that they want me to be. Right. And that's really easy to get swept up in, to be honest with you. You know, like when you are trying to to build a presence, um, you know, but I've, I've seen firsthand that the greatest interaction I ever get is when I try the least when I'm just showing who I am or I'm, you know, showing how I coach or, or whatever, that's when I get the greatest reaction and the biggest response out of people. And it's something that you, you makes you step back and you say, wow, okay. Authenticity and consistency. That's what really, like you said, that's what attracts people uh, to what you're doing. And like you said, they will seek you out um, if you just keep doing you. And there's freedom in that, man. Like it really is. That's the that's the biggest thing for me is to be able to be free in who I am. Wow. You know, not having to walk on eggshells or be, you know, on edge. You right. Know, where I go, I got that. That's the worst feeling. You know. Yeah. Like for all this, for everybody that's listening right now, think of the time where you were nervous to walk into a classroom or walk into a conference room or whatever, or a competition or whatever it is, you know, and you, you're walking on eggshells. You want to look around at people. You want to be able to laugh and do you, but you're so worried about what people are saying or what they're going to think of you that your, your, you know, your shoulders are tense and you're just, you're walking on eggshells. And that's the worst feeling right. in my opinion in the world. Like I like to be free, walk around with a hat, with a beard, you know what I mean? Uh, right. With some sweatpants if I wanted to. Right. Uh, and to be free, you know, and to know that it's okay. And, and I'm not going to please everybody or not everybody's going to like my stuff, but there's people out there that are going to be inspired by it. And then in return, they're going to be inspired me to want to create more or to do more or to be a part of certain things, you know? Um, so it's the freedom that I, that I'm, that I'm in love with. And Amen I, to that, man. I, I remember posting this, this quote a couple uh, months ago that I loved. It said, if you live 
for others' approval. You'll die by their rejection. Yeah. Man. Um, so I think it's very evident that you have a very deep, strong connection to your faith, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. How about your fear? And I, I, this was something that I thought would be really interesting to explore. Like, do you feel that you have a deep connection with fear as well? Um, I think I'm, I battle fear, you know, uh, I wouldn't in, say a lot, but often. In, in what capacity? Like, let's maybe jump in just I briefly. Think, yeah, I think for me, um, just as a father and as a husband mm -hmm. to, to leave my kids with something that they can teach their kids or their kids or their kids, or even providing at times for them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and feeling the pressure of, you know, it's all on me. If I don't do this, we all fail, you know, and, and that's just a lie, you know, right. uh, and I have to get myself back in check or my wife is, you know, really good at that putting me in check when just my perspective, getting my perspective back in line of, of what, who I am, what I'm supposed to do and that everything's going to be okay. Right. Uh, and I think that the fear for me also drives me because I don't want to feel a certain way, or I don't want to get, go back down that road, you know? And so it, it definitely fuels me to continue to go, um, you know, and, and continue to, uh, I would say grind or right. you know, wake up every day, you know, make the commute to work or uh, late nights where I'm creating or, um, you know, going out on, on, on a prayer thinking like, man, God, I hope this, this works, you know, cause I believe right. in seeing you. You know, giving somebody my whole paycheck, knowing that I got rent and all this stuff coming up, you know, that that week, you know, knowing that God's going to take care of that, you know. Um, and before that was the hard thing, again, because being in the military family or base brat, you know. Right. I couldn't trust everybody because I never had a chance to learn what that was. Right. You know what I mean, like we were constantly moving. So I would take, you know, somebody's word as far as I can throw it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, um knowing and trusting, you know, in the fear, like, man, if I give this or if I do this, it's all going to, it's not going to work, you know, and, uh, right. and to know that it's going to be okay, you know, and to have faith in it and that faith will, will get me through. Um, so I think, you know, the fear, uh, it definitely drives me. Um, it doesn't drive me insane, but it drives me, or it drives me to strive to be the best me, um, and to always bring my A game, to always go hard, you know, in the paint, you know, or, you know, to always just keep going. Right. Because um, I never want to, you know, feel, you know, a certain way that I felt in the past or feel like I'm not uh, making a difference, you know, especially in my in my boy's life. You know, yeah. raising four boys is, is, you know, I know people got more kids than that, but man, four boys is tough. I think it's a good start. Yeah, man. Four, four, <laughs> boys, uh, four healthy boys that all have their own personalities. They yeah. all love different things, and um, you know, it's it's definitely a it's a challenge. But again, I knew that I was made for this, or built for this, or I can handle this. This is why God blessed me with four boys. You right. know, um, so it's yeah, like a welcome challenge. Yeah, exactly. Wow, man. Well, I think that that was the perfect segue unknowingly that was a perfect segue into my next question um mm -hmm. i have i know what my answer is and i'll, I'll probably i'll share my answer with you and everybody afterwards but i'm really curious to hear how you think that faith and fear are similar uh i think they're they they definitely go hand in hand 
Um, Because, like I said, like, you know, my biggest thing to me is not to be able to provide or be there for my family, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, so when God tells me, yo, you need to give your whole paycheck and no questions asked, bro, you just do it. And inside of me, my flesh or me, my being was like, nah, bro, you're not about to do this. You, right, right. You got rent, you got your car payment, you got food, you can put food on the table. And I sat on it for a whole weekend, like, ah, I don't know, man. Uh, how can I tell my wife that I'm not going to do this? You know, and, um, and, the, and to be afraid of what she was going to think or what she was going to say, because she's going to say, babe, you should have gave that last Friday. Right. And, now it's Monday and we're still sitting on this. What's right, going on? Right. You know, you're you're messing up my blessings. You know what I mean? Right. And so, and she would always say, you know, delayed obedience is still disobedience. So what are you waiting for? Wow. So that fear alone of not not being ready for my blessing or not being in the in the right position to move forward. You know, God's not going to give you something that you can't handle. One, right. two, He's not going to bless you. Like if you're praying, you know, for a scholarship or praying to get on a team or you're praying to, you know, do whatever, but you're not, you're not sacrificing or you're not leaving something behind that you love dearly. Um, you know, it's going to be hard for you to get to that point, um, yeah. you know, cause he wants you to be not low. He doesn't want you to be broken, but he wants you to be able to give that up so you can get something in return. You know what I mean? For sure. Have given a Hot Wheel car, you're gonna be blessed with a big car or a remote control car. You know what I mean? And right. So there's like there's levels to it, there's steps to it. And so if you're fearful of, you know, not doing what you're supposed to do, then it's hard to get to having the faith to go to where you want to get to. If that makes sense. Hope no, it made total sense. It's yeah. interesting because my my grandfather, I, I never met him. He died three years before I was born. But you know, my father's always painted him as this larger than life. Figure, I think, as as sons often do with their dads, you know, um, even though he was apparently a very eccentric character, but he <laughs> had a very uh, famous saying among the family where he said, you know, you, sometimes you have to get off your knees and hustle. And I think that a lot of people would hear that and think, oh, so you're saying you got to take matters into your own hands. And I think it was the exact opposite. I think he was always saying, you know, we, we spend so much time asking God for things. And yeah. instead, sometimes you need to get off your knees and prepare yourself for the blessing. Prepare yourself and position yourself so that when the blessing comes, you you are prepared for that. You know, and, and you I, can handle it. You can handle it. You know what I mean? Right. You're not gonna be able to go. And this is for any anything in life, right? Right. You're, like, let's just take the cheerleading, right? You're not gonna be able to do the handstands or do the flips or do all that if you're not practicing and putting in the work. Come on, man! Preach to all the athletes I talk to every week. And it's like people wanted to to come easy, you know. Right. And God's like, Nah, man, you're not ready for that. Right. Because you know? if I bless you with that, you're not gonna know what to do with. You're not gonna know what to do. I tell you them know? every week, man. Yeah, you know, and it's and and it's and it's crazy to think that way, but it's true, man. Um, yeah. The story that I had of you know, of me having a kid with special needs in the hospital when he was born, soon as he was born, I knew that there was something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he came out blue. I can tell by the features in his face that it was down syndrome, you know, mm-hmm. and like, Oh man, like I'm thankful that he's breathing. But inside of me, I'm like, was it my thoughts that did this? 
like I started blaming myself. Wow. My kid came out with Down syndrome. Right. And, you know, my wife, you know, we were like, man, what is down? The whole night I stayed up crying, praying, wishing God to forgive me for any thoughts that I had of not saying that I wanted kids and like to help me get through this and to help him live because he was blue. He wasn't breathing. Wow. And the next morning, a nurse came in and took him from us because he was blue. And uh, they were going to rush him to Children's Hospital in Oakland because he wasn't breathing. Right. And in the world, there was like a special room that he was in on oxygen waiting for uh, Children's Hospital nurses and the paramedics to come pick him up to take him to Oakland. I'm in the room and I'm just praying like, God, please don't let him die. Right. You know, and like I'm in this room. My wife is in the other room because she can't walk. Please don't let him die. Because I, I don't know if I can go in there and tell her that our kid's dead. Oh, wow. I was like, God, whatever it is that you need to do, do it now. You need to show up in my life right now, you know, and I'm praying and I'm praying. And after I said amen, uh, I looked over to the window and I can see the little nurse that was helping us. She was pacing back and forth and she came in and I was like, oh, you know, I waved her in and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean you need, you need to check. And she's like, no, I was when I didn't want to interrupt your prayer. Like, I know you were praying. And uh, I was like, no, no, no. I was like, man, if you if you want to join me in prayer, like, she, you know, let's do this. And yeah. Because at the time my beard was a lot longer. Right. And she was like, uh, she was like, Are you are you a Muslim? And I was like, uh, no, I'm not a Muslim, I'm a Christian. Yeah. And she was and she looked at me, she started crying. She was like, No way. She's like, God told me you were, but I didn't believe it because your beard. And I was like, excuse me? And she right. was like, I came in here and she opened her hand and she had some oil in her hand. And she's like, I actually came in here to pray over your son because I God has a plan for him and your family and wow. he can't die. And I was wow. like, and so she grabbed my hand and we just started praying over Adrian. Uh, you know, going into, you know, that, that week was, you know, the hardest week for us, him being on all these oxygen tubes and all this stuff and not being able to stay in the hospital with them in the NICU and seeing the, just a NICU, you know, and seeing the different babies in there that were struggling to live and some dying, and, you know, some not, their parents not even there. And so my wife and I were like, man, what is going on? You know, right. and, Every three hours, I would go like, I'm, I'm gonna go to take a break, or I'm gonna go, and I would go into the bathroom and just cry, you know, and asking God, like, God, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And He would always say, like, because because you can handle it, because you can handle it. Right. Stand up, stand up, go back in there, stop, you know, stop being weak. You've been trained your whole life for this. You've been prepping for this your whole life. Now get wow. up. Um, and in the and, uh, to go backwards, while I was praying over with the nurse, right. she looked at me and she's like, "God, for me to tell you that uh, you can handle this." Mm. And I, Excuse me, and she's like, "Yeah, you can handle this, whatever that means to you." And I just started crying again. I'm like, "Well, here we go." Like, <laughs> right? Confirmation. Like, yeah, you know, and and it, and it was always instilled in me, always instilled in me that you can handle it. Wow. And um, and so you know. That right there, being fearful to have kids, one, and then having a kid with special needs, you know, I was trying to run from that. But the whole time, God was prepping me. You know, you you know how to pray. You know what faith looks like. You right. know what fear looks like. You know what a lie is. You know when you hear those voices in your head telling you that it's your fault your kid has Down syndrome. It's because your sins that you didn't get this. It's right. because this, because of this, it's your fault, it's your fault. And the whole time, it's like, God was like, bro, it's not your fault. I allowed this to happen because this needed to happen, not for you, but for your family and for the people that Adrian's going to touch. 
you know so raise your kid up right right and let's get this rocking you know right and and so now even now hearing what how adrian's blessing people and how people just love being around him uh there's a special corner in the the nicu one of the nicus that he was in is called adrian's corner and they say that babies that are struggling or or you know that are crying a lot they put them in that corner and they are automatically at they're peaceful you know uh, wow the story of Adrian and how we were in there, you know, praying for the other kids and the other babies and the families. And just to hear that, man, that was two years ago. That know, is... still, that's still going, you know, that's like that right there is okay. God, this is what you've been prepping me for. Right. This, this is, this is what it's about right here. Like this is the moment that I've been waiting for or the journey or the, the training that I've been doing over all these years, over all the failures, all the mistakes, all the, the positive things, all the promotions, you know, all this has been leading up to this point. So training all the way up to this point now in my life, I'm like, okay, there's not a lot of things that can knock me off. Right. Um, you know, to my purpose or who I am or my identity or my fate. You know, there's not a lot of things that can knock me. Is there days where it's tough, difficult? Yes. But, you know, I have, you know, the seed planted in my heart that's that's, you know, that can't be uprooted. You know, um, man, too many things happened in my life to to just forget all of that. You know, right, right. Again, not you don't have to work for God's blessings, but he will give you a nugget or give you a download or will allow things to happen in your life. So you can train up to get ready for the next thing, because, again, it's not he's not blessing you because he wants to bless you. He's blessing you because he wants you to impact his people or to other people. And so if you're going in it with just a one mind, you know, mindset, it's hard to be a blessing to other people. Um, Cause your blessings are not just for you, but it's for others. I believe. And uh, yeah. I think that uh, it's crazy. Cause one of the most profound things I've ever heard about God didn't come from church. Didn't come from a pastor. It actually came from uh, the movie Evan Almighty. <laughs> and it was funny to me because number one, in my mind, God looks like Morgan Freeman. So let's just put that out there right now. <laughs> but and he sounds just like him too. But it was, I mean, no lie. It, it brought tears to my eyes when he said it. He, you know, Evan, I think was, or Evan's wife was dealing mm-hmm. with the lack of belief in Evan and what Evan said was going on. And he said, he said, when you pray to God for patience, does God just give you a bunch of patience? Or does he put you in situations that require you to be patient? And it just hit me like a ton of bricks because I was like, wow. And it changed personally. It changed the way that I pray and the way that I think about things because I was like, that's it right there. And it's the same thing that you're talking about. It's that, that preparedness, you know, it's that preparation. It's that God is not just like he doesn't give you anything that you can't handle it's because he's putting you in situations to give you the things that you've asked for in the first place. You yeah. know, when you want strength, he's not just going to bless you with some strength all of a sudden, you know, like some rippling muscles or even willpower. He's going to put you in situations where you got to flex your own muscle and you've got to develop that will on your own. And mm. uh, I think that, that that testimony is is amazing, man, because that is exactly um, the the relationship. I can see now your experience with the relationship between faith and fear is that you know your faith and the fear of not being enough or not being ready um your faith is what fueled your preparedness all these years that's that's amazing man 
Um, how do you use your fear to strengthen your faith? And and this may, I think this, this kind of correlates with, with, you know, a lot of what we just got done talking about, but um, you know, is this, is this a subconscious thing or is this something that you feel may have kind of happened over time? Or is it something that you consciously do where you try to remind yourself like, you know, to be fearful in order to strengthen your faith? Um, I think it's something that definitely I, I keep in on on my mind, you know, a lot. Uh because I don't want to miss my opportunities. Yeah. You know, I don't want to miss um you know, working at YouTube, you know, uh it's a there's a lot of things that you know that I see every day that I'm involved in that I get to experience. And even getting to that getting to YouTube was was a story within itself, you know, and if I didn't take the chance on responding to an email, you know, I would have missed the whole opportunity. Wow. Uh, you know, having a full-time job already and then getting an email from somebody saying like, Hey, we love your work. We think you'll be a good fit for our client. And the way that it's worded, you're like, ah, oh, computer wrote that. Or that's just a, right. Know, that's just a saved bookmarks response right you know, I mean, can't a can response that's a can response right you know? right and so looking at that like ah i did pray for a new job you know wow <laughs> i did pray to to at the time i didn't know that it was youtube but i did pray for an opportunity to expand um and to be challenged right you know and uh and so responding back to that email and it was a guy uh he was a recruiter with with uh youtube and um <laughs> that was even a blessing within itself because my birthday leading up to that email, um, you know, my 30th birthday, uh, my wife and some friends of mine, they were like, man, what do you want to do with, with, with your freelance work? Or what do you want to do? You know, I was like, man, I actually right. want to go to the corporate world. And they were like, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, big money. I was like, yeah, big money, but I can reach more people. Yeah. You know? And uh, so we prayed about me getting into the corporate world. Two weeks later, I get an email from a recruiter saying like, Hey, you'll be a fit, good fit for our client. If you want more information, go ahead and give me a call back, which I never do. Right. <laughs> see a, a number that I never respond to. I don't know if they're trying to get my information or if it's a telemarketer. Like, I don't know what it was. But It's, it's that base brat uh, mentality, man. man. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know who this is. But right. I, like, you know what? I don't want to miss the opportunity because I just prayed about it. Let me go for it. You know, call the person up, end up being a recruiter with YouTube. Um, wow. I, I said that I would love to go to the next step. You know, they were like, we're going to, you're going to do a couple interviews. And then if you're a good fit, you're good to go. And so, uh, you know, I did the first interview, smashed it. You know, the nice. HR lady loved me. You know, she's like, oh, you're going to fit perfectly in the culture of YouTube and Google. You know, I was like, yes. And I get to have a beard, wear whatever I want. This is <laughs> you know, uh, and so going to my next interview uh, was with the manager that I have now. Okay. And, uh, I've always had a vision of working for, you know, a company or even myself having a big white desk and like a wall that was a that was a window that I can write a dry eraser marker on it and like a whiteboard and a bunch of gear. And as soon as I jumped on the, the interview, it was a video conference interview and it had everything that I always wanted. It was in that little, you know, five, 15 inch computer screen, you know, wow. In doing the interview, I, I forgot everything that I knew about video and about <laughs> live streaming and about everything. I forgot. I literally forgot everything. I went blank. Wow. And, um, I started to feel myself kind of 
not stay on the path of who I wanted to be. Mm. So I actually stopped my own interview, man. Uh, I told the the man, my manager at the time, I was like, you know, I don't think I can go on. I, I'm really super nervous. I know that people don't do this on a dream job, but I can't go on no more. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for wasting your time. And the guy looked at me. He was like, you know what? Thank you for being honest with me. And uh, if everything works out, we'll give you a call back. And then he hangs up the phone. Wow. I was so angry. That was on a Friday. I was so angry at myself that I I let everybody down. I let my wife down. I let my kids down. I... You know, at the time we needed to, I needed a, a better job to get another house. You know, we're about to have our fourth son. And I'm like, what did I just do? Wow. The whole weekend, I'm mad at myself and I don't want to talk to nobody. Don't, nobody better not say anything about no YouTube video. <laughs> hey, YouTube. how'd the interview go? Yeah, no, I don't want to hear, hey man, check out this YouTube video. Cause I'll be <laughs> mad. I don't want to hear nothing about no YouTube, nothing. Wow. Don't tell me about no, don't Gmail me. Don't send me no email. <laughs> like I was so mad. <laughs> And my wife was saying, like, babe, why are you tripping? If you're supposed to have it, you're going to have it. I was like, babe, I stopped my own interview. Right. Who does that? Right. On a, the biggest, one of the biggest companies in the world, I had a chance, and I, I ruined it. And wow. I kept saying, I, 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 I. Yep. Um, Monday came, didn't hear back. I was like, you know what? Plan, back to plan A. Let me try to figure this out again. You know, Tuesday came. My son got out of school early that day. I had to go pick him up. And I was actually in traffic, angry that I was in traffic. And it was hot that day, too. And uh, it was in October, man. It was just blazing hot. You know, no point intended. Uh, right. And uh, I got a call from the guy. He just sounds super depressed and like, man, I thought this was going to work out, man. You know, I just wanted to give you a call back. I, we usually don't do this, but, like, I just wanted to give you a call back and let you know and that, you know, I heard back from them and, he took this deep sigh, you know, and I was like, you know what? Let me stop you, man. Thank you for the opportunity. Like, because I didn't want to hear no. Right. I didn't want to hear that you, I'm rejected. I didn't want to hear the bad news. Right. I was going to stop him before I heard the bad news because in my head, I thought I already knew what was going to happen. And uh, I was telling him, thank him for the opportunity and thank you for checking me out. And hopefully, you know, I can apply again or whatever, however I can get into it. Maybe we can work this out again. Right. And he's like, wait, wait, wait before you hang up. And he took this deep sigh. If you want the job, it's yours. I was like, excuse me? Wow. They, they, he's like, I don't know what you did. You were the best candidate. They loved your response. And if you want the job, welcome to YouTube. I had no words. Wow. Zero, zero words. I mean, he played that out like a Mark Burnett, you know, television show, man. Like, I, I was like, hey, man, can you hold on real quick? I muted my phone. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> screaming at my car. I was crying. You know, wow. I got back on the phone. I was like, yeah, yeah, what do I want? What do I need to do? He was like, hey, man, uh, you know, you get to Mountain View on Halloween. That was my first day at Google. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, welcome to Google. Wow, See, that is crazy. Monday. And I was like, I, I couldn't, I, I could not understand what just happened to me. Because if you were to tell somebody else that, they were like, bro, that's not true. Right. You don't get to bomb your second interview and then still get the job. That's TV stuff. That's yeah, like a that's TV story. Happen. You know, and, and the whole time I was like, God was like, yo, when are you going to trust me? Right. Fear no one but me. Wow. Don't miss the opportunities because things can happen to you and your blessing can be right there. Don't let up. Don't be left with a feather. You know what I mean? Don't give up because you're so afraid of being a failure or you're so afraid of, 
of it not going to go through. You don't know what's going to happen. Be fearful that you're going to miss the opportunity if you don't take the chance. If you don't, you know, apply or you don't practice or you don't study in your schoolwork. Like you don't ever want to miss the opportunities, you know. Yeah. And, and that's what I look at this like when I go to work every day and I'm cheesing and smiling. You see me how I was at work, bro. I was super cheesy. No, oh, man. Not, I was meeting you for the first time, but I was like, bro, I'm at YouTube. Right. Like, you hungry? Let's go get some food. Let's go like, get some food at YouTube. Let's no, go. Yeah, <laughs> Let's go get some coffee at yeah. YouTube. Yeah, man. I, and I, I walk around like this is unreal because yeah, in my head, if you would ask me, I'm not supposed to be there because I didn't qualify to be there. Right. Because wow. I, I messed up my, I stopped my interview. Right. You know? And that's just a lie because God the whole time was like, bro, this is what you prayed for, right? And you wow. put in the, the trust to get here. You put in the work to get here. Yeah. All you had to do was just put it in the atmosphere. That is wild, man. I think most of the time the issue with people, and I've talked about this many times already, these four episodes, that people aren't necessarily afraid of, um, you know, the truths that are they're presented with. They're afraid of being afraid. You know, and then they allow that fear of the unknown um, to rule them and and take over, you know, like most of the time we're and that's why the whole point of the show, you know, I always say, if you seek to understand more, you can learn to fear, fear itself less, you know, and it's not about being void of fear, much like you're saying, it's it's about letting that fear drive you and, and not being afraid of no, of rejection, of failure, of missing out. You know, and these are all topics I'm excited to explore uh, as the series goes on. You know, Um, I think I think FOMO, my FOMO episode is going to be probably one of the the most fun. I got to find a really fun guest for that one, (laughs) because I think that's going to that's something that we all experience. But uh, but once again, you have perfectly segued into the next question, man. And if you're okay with it, uh, I want to take a minute to talk about uh, a situation you were recently experienced that I'm sure everyone listening heard about because uh, it made global headlines. Um, Earlier this month, you were present at YouTube headquarters during the tragedy that took place there um, involving a woman opening fire on campus. And uh, in fact, you told me that it happened near or in the same exact spot where we had met not a month and a half earlier for lunch. So uh, if you're willing Man, talk to us about that experience and specifically how did faith and fear coincide that day? Uh, so, yeah, man, uh, that was actually was actually at the same place where you and I had lunch, um, you know, right up there on the patio uh, in the main building. Um, I love that spot. Cause that's where the pizza is. You know what I mean? Early <laughs> pizza. And right. so, uh, you know, I I love it out there. It's here in the outdoors. I get to see the sun and get some vitamin D, yeah. you know catch the sea breeze when it comes through. Um, so I love that spot. Um, they got the pavilion where they do concerts and stuff. And yeah, yeah. We do, we do a lot of stuff out there. You know, right now we got some basketball going on, so I'm out there trying to dunk on people. Nice. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that day, uh, that day was even, it was crazy, man. Uh, I woke up that morning and I got to get to, I feel like I needed to get to work earlier than normal. Um, and so I said, like, man, I got I to gotta get up. And I got up. You know, got ready for work, and as I was getting dressed, I was like, "Man, I gotta, I feel like I gotta wear some sweatpants today." <laughs> and wow. I was like, "I don't know why I have to wear sweats to work because you know, on the day, you know, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the busiest days for me. I'm on a lot of meetings back to backs, back to back to backs, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. 
always want to make sure that I'm presentable, you know, right. I don't know who I'm talking to, you know, as far as the creators or brands. So, you know, I don't want to walk into a meeting wearing some sweatpants, you know, but right. that day I was like, I feel like I need to wear sweats. And so I put on sweats and went to work and um, that whole day was like, it was, it was a chill day, but like, it was just something different about like, just everybody kept saying like, man, it feels like a Friday. I was like, it does, but it's not, it's Tuesday, you know? Wow. Um, and I was actually going to walk up. I was in a different building when everything happened. Um, I was actually going to walk over to have lunch in the main building outside because they had pizza. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, told, you know, messaging a bunch of friends that day. And I was like, yeah, we're going to meet up for lunch. I'll meet you guys, at, you know, 901 in the patio. And make sure you save me a seat, you know, blah, 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 blah. And as I was walking to the door, God said, stay in your building. And like, I, I got, I stopped. And I was like, whoa, what? Mm. I was like, what is, why, why, why am I feeling, like, why am I hearing this? Why am I feeling this way? And God was like, no, no, stay in your building. And so I text all my boys and was like, you know, I'm going to stay here in you know, my building for lunch. I'll catch y'all maybe for some coffee. I love coffee. Maybe we'll catch up. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, for sure, man. We'll, we'll get at you later. So I went about my day, got some lunch, um, you know, talked to my brother about some art stuff. He's an artist. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I talked with some some coworkers about some events that we had going on the weekend. And I actually got some coffee. I didn't wait for my boys. <laughs> so I got some coffee. And uh, as I was getting some coffee with my manager, we seen people, you know, we heard people screaming and yelling, but we didn't know what that was. And everybody, like, was eating and kind of looked up, like, what's going on outside? Wow. We looked up and we seen people running down the hill, you know, and running into our building and their knees were scraped up and like they're crying and like, you know, red and all this stuff, man. They're like, there's a shooter up, there's a shooter at 901, there's a shooter at 901. And so when we heard that, man, everybody just started freaking out. People started running everywhere. Um, At the time, we didn't know that it was a female. We didn't know if anybody was killed or what. We didn't know. All we heard was there's a shooter up there and they're shooting people. Right. And, you know, hearing that, bro, everybody started running everywhere. And so my instincts just got in like, all right, I need to get home. I need to get to my family ASAP because when I think of a shooter, I think of somebody with with a semi-automatic or some type of couple guns where they're doing damage. Right. Exactly. And so I ran upstairs, I grabbed my bags, um, I helped some people down the stairs, and uh, I was talking to my manager. I was like, man, we got to get out of here. And he's like, man, and he was scared. Like, he was shaking up. And he's like, man, I, I got to stay here. I was like, bro, no, you don't. I was like, you come with me, and I'll bring you back to the city when everything is clear. I was like, well, we sure. need to get out of here. We don't know if that shooter is coming here. We don't know what's going on. So you sit and duck. It's not safe. Right. He's like, he's like, no, I got I to gotta stay here. And so... Um, you know, before they locked everybody down, man, I ran outside. I called my wife to tell her what was happening, that I was safe. She didn't even know what was happening. The news, nobody knew what was going on just yet. Right. Um, and I got in my car, man, and you just seen helicopters coming out of nowhere. Right. Swap rolling down the street. Police cars were everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I got home, man, and I just sat there. And it was so unreal because where the lady was shooting people was where my friends were sitting. Where oh I've God. been sitting, you wow. know, like, and that's what trips me out. And I, and I think about it every day still, like, yo, God, you saved me. Mm. I was going to sit literally right there at those seats, right by the main entrance door where she was trying to get into and where she shot the people at, wow. you know, and that's what trips me out, bro. I'm like, yo, God, just hearing God or having faith that God is the one that's you know, put the brakes on. 
me going up to the building to having a lunch outside. That could have been me killed. Right. And again, like going back to like, I can't leave this earth until I know that my kids are taken care of, that my wife's taken care of, that I left something behind that can last for generations to come. Right. And in my head, I'm like, bro, that could have been me. Yeah. I can't even imagine my wife, who's a stay-at-home mom, who homeschools our kids, having to take care of four boys by herself, bro. I, I, I still like, that's it, it trips me out, man. Even trying to even think about that just a little bit. Right. Uh, and, and for anybody that has to go through that, you know, where they're left with kids or uh, or just situations, man, it, it, it was a trip, man, to to know that that's where I was going to be at and how God was like, no, 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 you stay in your building. Um, and to knowing that that whole day, like wearing, even wearing sweats, like bro, I was sprinting out of that building, getting yeah. out of it. Oh, man. You know, everybody was running to their cars and running everywhere. And I'm like... I for sure in my head thought it was like a video game and the dude was had a sniper rifle, bro, and he was just waiting for just to gun people down, you know, in wow. my head. Or that was going on in my head while I was sprinting. Oh, for sure. I was, you know, what, good thing I had sweatpants on that day, man. And I was running like a 4-3, you know, <laughs> <laughs> getting to the car, man. Yeah, man. Because I didn't, again, we didn't know what was happening. We just know that people were crying, screaming. Everybody was shook. You know, and which I, you know, I was too. Um, even going back to work that later on that week was unreal. Like we all just kind of sat there was like, yo, I don't even know if working is even okay right now. Right. Right. Like, I think. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I apologize. But I, I, I would just imagine that going through something like that, it, it really, you know, we, we all get caught up, so caught up in our daily routines and the monotony of life. And we get very introspective or introcentric, I should say, you know, as to what we have going on and take care of, especially here in the peninsula and Silicon Valley. You know, people are always so focused on what they got going on, what they got to get done. And I can only imagine that something like that happening or any kind of tragedy just shakes you to your foundation to say, like, none of that matters. Yeah. When you really think about it, none of that actually matters when you know, when we can put aside our differences and our selfishness and stuff, we're all just humans living the same life, you know, and, yeah. and, and sharing an existence. And that, I think, at the end of the day is the most important thing, you know, but. um, Yeah. And once you realize that, like, I can say that that this experience definitely changed my mindset to slow down and to appreciate things, you know, yeah. uh, Working for a tech company, you're always hustling and busting, you know. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, being a freelancer, so again, gigging and getting shows and and doing videos and work for clients and trying to get the next client, and then being a husband and, and then a father, you know, like my life was just a blur. Like everything mm. was me quick, you know. Um, and I would say that the last month, you know, last month, this month and last month, man, have really. Sh- got me to a point to where I'm back to slowing down, appreciating life, appreciating my family. Um, You know, not not, uh, worrying about the next, you know, job or the next thing or worrying about somebody's YouTube video, you know, uh, to appreciate where I'm at, what I'm doing, who I am, um, and to really just slow down and just enjoy life, man. Uh, Because the things that we worry about or we stress about, we can't take with us. Right. Um, and it, it sucks that it takes, you know, these horrible things to happen. Yeah. 
to realize that. Um, but in those moments, man, God always shows out and shows up and shows out. Right. And uh, and I, I'm thankful for that, man. Um, do I wish bad things happen? No. But sometimes, you know, God uses certain things to get the glory to help people further or help more people, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm sad that what happened happened to that lady um, and her family. You know, I'm praying for her family and even her, praying for her. Man. Um, and for the people that got shot, you know, praying for for their healing and their, everybody's recovering well. Um, wow. But it really, you, when you think about it, you know, it just, some things are just not that serious or not serious, but not that important. Right. Uh, you know, to want to take somebody else's life or take your own or to stress about certain things, man. Uh, there's way more life than your YouTube video. There's way more in life than sports or anything like that. You know, yeah. I think sports, you know, they don't, they, they're not, they're not there to help you make money. They help to build your character. Right. Exactly. And, and even art, you know, art is not to make you money. It's to help build your character. Right. You know? And I think these type of things help shape who you are or what you believe in or, you know, uh, or I look at it that way. These yeah. things help shape me to become a better person. Right. Um, I think a lot of people would, would you know, when, when tragedy happens, their first reaction is, well, why would God let this happen? And I think it's important to, you know, of course, no one knows the true whys of, you know, God's plan or the universe or the reason behind things happening. But I think that it's important to explore the the thought and the idea that, you know, uh, I remember sitting in uh, uh, this one class, a philosophy class once, or maybe it was philosophy or, or, or it was like a, a young adults ministry. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was the latter. But, you know, uh, the person speaking brought up a very good point. He said, you know, God doesn't God doesn't put you in situations that um, God doesn't test you. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, he said, that's the other guy, or that's, that's the enemy that there are, there are situations that get manipulated that can cause confusion um, that can cause, you know, um, uh, cause you to question certain things, but that's not from God, you yeah. know? And I think that you can liken it to a parent, you know, like, a parent who truly loves you is not going to put you in situations that confuse you, that manipulate you, that, you know, skew the, 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 uh, that put you in an unsafe position or skew the details of what you should be understanding about your situation. That yeah. is not the loving kindness of somebody that has your best, um, intentions and, yeah. you know, in mind or at heart. And I think that that's important to think about, even though we will never know, uh, you know, the true under or truly understand the why of things. I think that it's definitely important to know, like, you know, um, it's not God that's, that's doing this. Unfortunately, we live in a, in a world that is, um, that, you know, is sinful by nature or yeah. is, is crooked and corrupt by nature. And, and it's up to us to make the best of this existence, you know, um, in, yeah. in the, the, the be in it, but not of it. You know what I mean? Being in it, but not of it. Exactly. That's a very, very good, you know, credo to live by, man. Um, yeah. In episode one, my man Eric Thomas made a radical, uh, at least I thought it was radical, an interesting uh, comment because it really made me think uh, that he believed fear to be greater than love. And I know where your brain's going because it's exactly where my man, 
went, you know, to the scripture where yeah. it says the greatest of these things is love. But you, if you think about that scripture, Blaze, mm-hmm. if you think about it, it doesn't say anything about fear. It says faith, hope, and love. So yeah. he got me thinking. He said that fear is greater than love because in the context of the conversation, I actually had to agree with him because he, he explained that he felt that uh, he felt this way because just like love, fear is a great motivator and it may be an even greater motivator because he, you know, he brought up the example of mothers that are moved to lift two ton cars to save their children or rip a car door off, you know, whatever to save their kids um, that, you know, he said, whenever, if you think about the, the greatest stories, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't necessarily love except for the greatest again i know where your brain's going but uh you know most times it's not that love it's not just that love it's the fear the fear of losing your loved ones it's the fear of failing and you know maybe losing your own life it's that great fear that be, that you know comes up within you that i believe is the natural form of fear the most natural form the biological form of fear you know where you're not getting in your head and and experiencing irrational thoughts but instead, it's a very, it's that fight or flight, and you choose to fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think I think with with that, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off. No, please. I, I wouldn't look at fear being stronger than love. I think that love, that love that you have for a loved one, that love, it, I and this is just my belief. I think my love for my children gives me the power and the discipline to maintain or to strive to be better mm-hmm. or to not let things fall. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that, um, I like that, you know, it's, I, I, I don't know. I believe that God doesn't give us the spirit of fear. I think that's the enemy telling us lies. I agree. I think when we do, when we do fear, I would say fear God. When I fear of not, when I fear missing out on something, I think that fear gives me or the love that I have for my kids I'm, I'm trying to word this to where I look at love as power it's not just like this give me a heart and oh and I love you and butterflies like nah bro that love is fire right that exactly. love is passion that love is discipline like I love you enough to do this for you no matter what it takes the mom's lifting cars it's my love I love you so much not that I fear of losing you, it's because I love you that much that the fire in me or the, that love that I have for you is so great and so powerful that it's going to give me the strength to lift up a car and to, wow. to literally destroy anybody coming in my way trying to hurt you. It's not that I fear of losing you, it's that I love you that much Wow. that it gives you this, this whole different strength or this whole different, like it does something to you. Like if you, if you love somebody, or love something, you're going to do everything you possibly can to maintain that, to right. not lose that. And it's, and that it's not, it's not fear. It's that it's power behind that. You so know, it, like in the yeah. context of the YouTube day. Yeah. You know, like, do you feel that it was fear that moved you to take action? Because like you said, I, I remember you sharing that with me that you had actually taken time. It wasn't just, Oh, see people running hear gunshots, grab my stuff and I'm out. Like yeah. you actually took the time to make sure that others were safe. I remember you mentioned there was a handicapped gentleman that needed help. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that it was fear that moved you to take action 
um, like we just described, you know, the fear of, of loss, the fear um, of not being able to see your kids and your wife again, or the fear of, the, you know, the thought of her having to be alone um, with, yeah. without you. Or would you argue that if you had focused on your fear, you wouldn't have taken the actions that you did? Um, I think if I didn't focus on it, I probably... I mean, that, that's a hard question, man. Because uh, I feel like it's... Or was it a mixture, you know? I mean, I, I, think, it, I think it was, man. I, I think it was... You know, again, not. I think the fear within me not being able to see them and to be there or to for her in my head again, it's all in your head, mm. right? Mm -hmm. That she won't be able to like. It's gonna be tough for her to have the boys by herself, or it's gonna be tough for her to move on without me. Yeah. But the, but in my head again, bro, I love my kids to death. Mm. Whatever that takes, mm -hmm. I'm home, and that was my whole thing. Like I don't care what it takes i'm going to make it home today mm. like no matter nothing's gonna stop me i see a guy in a wheelchair everybody was running past him bro we're on the third floor wow everybody's trying to get in the elevator who's gonna carry this man down these steps right bro i love you too much to see you something happen to you let me help you and some other guys helping let me help you guys down let me tell you where not to go right no, let me, let me, hey, there's a, people are just chilling, still drinking, eating their broccoli. I'm like, bro, there's a shooter. People, wow. Everybody's running. I was like, if you don't get up, and I slammed the computer, like, if you don't get up and get out of here, and they're like, okay, sorry, you're right. And then they snapped into them, and then they started getting out, out of there. Wow. So it's, like, it's, it's that thing, too. It's like, man, wait a minute. Whoa, right. You don't know what's going on. You're just chilling here, and there's a shooter? Bro, if you don't get up, <laughs> like, get up out of here, you don't see people running. You know, and so it's, you know, it's it's like a, a double-edged sword, man. Yeah. You can you can fear fear. There's I, I feel like there's two kind of fears. You fear because something's scary, or you feel you're fearful of, or lies get put in your head, what makes you fear the unknown. Um, but then there's that fear, and I hope this is all making sense to you and to everyone. But then there's that fear of missing out because you were afraid or you were scared. Mm -hmm. And that fear of not missing the moment because you love something so much, you're gonna go for it 110%. Wow. Um, I, I completely agree because I, I always argue that there, you know, I, I said last week that we use fear as an umbrella term and it causes us to not explore further the deeper levels of what that means to us. Whether it's in that moment, whether it's a fear that has plagued you your entire life, we don't yeah. take the time to understand. That's the whole point of the show is to let's 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 create a moment where we can have an open discussion about this, so that we can maybe understand it more. And you know, uh, we we're truly blessed creatures, humans, where we yeah. can think about these things and draw our own conclusions and inferences, and you know, things from just an open discussion. And, yeah. you know, really explore what fear means to us. I always talk, make sure that the first thing when I'm talking to somebody that's truly interested, I always say, okay, now look, we got to understand that there are two, there are four psychological types of fears, but really at its core, there are two types of fear, biological 
and psychological mm -hmm. and biological it was there from god that was there um you know that teaches us to be as hunters and gatherers to be afraid of a wild animal that could kill us or a weapon that could hurt us yeah. you know uh the situation that you experience that's biological fear that is fight or flight that is the amygdala going crazy saying hey get your butt up and yeah. get out of here yeah. And then there's the psychological fear. And that's where fear of missing out would come in because it, it may be rational, it may be irrational, but to you, it's completely rational. And it's something that makes sense to you. What again, whether in that moment or, or uh, for a lifetime, but it's very important for us to explore these concepts and understand the difference between these two very different types of fear, because Tony mm -hmm. Robbins said, it, Tony Robbins, I remember made a, uh, a very important uh, point that the heart and the mind are biochemically connected mm -hmm. and we treat them as if they operate independently. Mm -hmm. And I think that by just using the word fear, that is both biological and psychological, we are confusing ourselves and others as to the origins, causes, and results of those fears. And so I think it's really important that we start talking about them uh, as a as a unit, you know, they they the symbiotic relationship. They they live and feed off of each other, and we need to start understanding better what that fear means and how we can deconstruct it and then start to understand it better. You know, yeah, you know, and using it using it for fuel. You know, using uh, it for fuel, man. That's and that's and that. I mean, that was I've learned that at a young age is you know letting that fear or you know whatever it is let it fuel to why, why I'm doing something. And so for football, if it was a guy that I, that was a lot bigger than me, man, I'm afraid that I'm going to get smacked and he's going to score a touchdown and I'm going to look dumb. So, bro, I'm about to give you all my might. Right. Wow. And I'm going to try to hit you as hard as I can. Yeah. You know, and and what's crazy enough is that always worked for me. Yeah. You know, um, people would say, like, oh, watch out for number 33. Like, you know, he's small, but, you know, he's going to smack you. You know, and I'm always around the ball. I'm always making plays. You know, I was, and wow. uh, and it was that like, I did not want to look dumb or right. just I was small. Like, bro, I'm about to line up with you. Right. Um, you know, and so uh, you know, even in high school, I, I played against Stevie Johnson. Um, he played for the Bills and the Niners, and um, we graduated the same class. And uh, wow. I remember playing against him in high school, and everybody was afraid of him. I was like, bro, I'm about to lock this dude down. Like, he's not going nowhere. Like. You know, and um, years later, you know, him going to the league and he's like, yo, man, what happened? And I was like, you know, I got hurt in college. Right. You know, uh, but I, I believe that I could have made it. You know, he's like, man, I believe you could. You're the only one that locked me down that year. And <laughs> nice. Was, I was afraid of looking dumb. Right. You know? And that fueled me to work twice as hard, to study twice as hard, to yeah. know his every move, what his eyes were doing, what his, you know, what he did. Um, and I used that, you know, uh, and even now, you know, I use all that that same type of mentality that I used while playing sports. Right. Um, the techniques that I learned to just to let those things kind of fuel why it is that I'm doing. And um, so, yeah, man, so learning, I think the, the trick is to get take fear and make it to where it's fuel to fuel to do what you love doing. Um and, I, and, I, and that fear also letting it fuel to your identity and who you are and who you're supposed to be, I think is the, the most important thing.
I'm gonna let you get out here soon because I know you want to take your boys to the park, man. And I don't want to I don't want to suck up all your evening. Before we get to this last question, which you can take as much time or as little time answering as you want, um, but it's the it's the same question I'm gonna ask all of my guests. Uh, before we do that, though, where can people follow you uh, and find out more about who Blaze Davis is uh, online? Hey, man, uh, you know, you can go to my G um, on Instagram. It's it's I-T-S, Blaze Davis. Um, that's all my all my socials. Um, you can go. Uh, yeah, I think that'd be the best place, man. Go on Instagram. Everybody's on IG now. So, yeah, yeah you can go to my find my website. You can find all my other stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's Blaze Davis. Go follow me. Uh, say what's up. Check out my stories. Um, I definitely respond back. And uh, I love, you know, I love my community. I love my tribe, my family. So, right. you know, I encourage everyone to and uh, invite everyone to uh, to join my tribe. Bad, man. Last question, my man. What is the greatest lesson you've learned from fear in your lifetime? My greatest, my greatest lesson. Um... Mm. Yeah, don't let me get started on that. <laughs> That's a different show. That's a different show. <laughs> different show, different show. Right. Um, I've learned to not be left with a feather. Um, you know, it just goes back to like, I do not want to miss out on an opportunity. I like don't want to, these, these gifts that I was blessed with, I don't want them to go uh, and not be able to share them with anybody. I don't want them taken from me. Um, so I want, so I've learned to not be left being fearful to being, uh, to have the what ifs. I don't want to have the what ifs. I don't want to have any regrets. I want to, you know, live life free and to go about my business, going about my father's business um, and to to live without any regrets, man, and to not miss my opportunities. Uh, so yeah, don't be left with a feather. I think is what I've learned. I love it, man. That's a great word, Blaze Davis, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. No problem, man. Thank you for uh, again, man. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. This was fun. Hopefully, I get the join back on um, and do this again, man. This was fun. Oh, for sure. We'll definitely be having you back, man. Have a wonderful day. You too, bro. There you have it, you guys. I want to thank my guest, Blaze Davis, for an amazing and inspiring time today and for truly being a versatile light in an ever-changing darkness. If you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, or YouTube, be sure to follow us and have your notifications turned on to be notified the moment a new episode drops every Friday. And be sure to rate the show and leave us a review. Help me touch the lives of millions of people around the world helping them to understand more and in return, fear less. Remember guys, closed mouths don't get fed. If you don't understand something, ask questions and seek understanding. Because if we seek to understand more, we can learn to fear less. Remember, you can find me almost anywhere online, at Coach Lane on Instagram and at Coach Lane Lee on Facebook. My office hours are from 24 to 7 to 365. Thanks again for joining us today. Remember, whatever it is, go out there and get after it. I'm Coach Lane. I'll catch you on the flip.